You're listening to the Digital Barbell Podcast. We believe that if you work hard, you deserve results, and that your training and nutrition should enhance your life, not take it over. Our mission is to provide you with a clear path to health and fitness through education, connection, coaching, and accountability. We are your hosts, Jonathan and Blakely Fletcher, and we are here to serve you. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a five-star review so we can reach more people. You can find us daily on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Digital Barbell. Now, let's get to today's topic. All right, today's guest is all about keeping it simple. He authored the books Radically Simple Strength and more recently Radically Simple Muscle. I'm talking about none other than the infamous Paul Horn. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, Paul. <laughs> Dude, you're getting good at these setups. <laughs> Thank you for having me I back. Just, I just lay in bed at night dreaming up the intro. <laughs> what was That's the only thing I'm prepared one, for. What was the hardest one you had to do? Uh, hardest intro? Yeah, the one you um, like struggled with the most. Oh like, man. What do I say I mean, about this guy? Probably when we interview our clients because you know they're not as public a figure as you and there's less information about them. So you gotta do more digging and you know come up with you're like, stuff. <laughs> you're like, here's Dave. <laughs> <laughs> right. Digital barbell client Dave. <laughs> well, yeah, last time I'm... we had you on was episode two hundred and twenty one and you just released uh, radically simple strength. How has the reception to that book been and like what's it done since we talked about Last. It's it's fu <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up because I don't look at reviews. I try not to look at reviews. I've heard from every author I respect, like, don't do it. It's, you know, you didn't write your book for everyone. So, you know, like Harry Potter has one star reviews, you know, like, well, okay. Are we going to say that that book was a failure? Like, totally unrealistic. One star. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's not for everyone. So, I've tried to avoid reading reviews. However, I just, you know, every once in a while you want to go in and, <laughs> and see what's going on and I, I'll learn not to do it, but this is my, that was my first book. So, um, and I just went in yesterday and there was this amazing review. Like it just made my day. Like the guy, just everything I wanted to convey, he picked up on. And, and, and then the one like after that, was like Paul Horn needs to stay in his lane. <laughs> like he's he's offering outdated nutrition advice. Like whatever. Just like I'm like okay, yes, sorry. You should eat protein. <laughs> you know. And then you're like mad at the guy all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you realize it's actually the outdated stuff that actually works in real life. Yeah. Right. I mean, I you know who you don't know who this. There was a guy who didn't even read it and just like commented on my picture he's like it was like clear he just looked at the back of the book and then wrote me like a one-star review like you didn't even read the book so anyway uh okay no, so beyond the reviews how's the like <laughs> how, have you enjoyed having it out in the wild it's it's good it's yeah it's great and and the just you know it's been out long enough now that people have had time to work with it mm -hmm. and um and the most of the comments are, you know, we have this uh, very, I mean, it's in my view, blows my mind that our Reddit community has grown to what it is, because I didn't think anybody was going to show up mm -hmm. <laughs> when I started it. But, you know, I'm spending more and more time there every day and guys have these questions about, you know, as they go through it. And it seems like 
it's working well. So I've gotten, I have a little folder on my desktop where I save, you know, good emails yeah. just because, you know, you're in, you get in that slump of like, what am yeah. I doing with my life? <laughs> like, right. like I need to go work at a bank or something. Like, who do you, th- <laughs> like, who do you think you are? You think you, you think you have the right to do this? I'm like, so I go read that and the guy's like, Hey man, I'm like, I lost 30 pounds. And my dad told me like, I look muscular for the first time in my life. I was like, okay. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I think you included that in an email recently. That was really cool to read. Yeah, that was a good one. That guy, uh, you know, it, I don't. So it's good, and it feels good to to know that it's actually working. <laughs> well, it's per- like we were talking about before we started recording. It's perfect timing that you're back on the podcast because you wrote another book, radically simple muscle, and you wrote it as an ebook, and I believe now it's actually available to order in print. Tell us about that. Boom. Book. Perfect timing. So yes, this is a proof copy because Amazon hasn't even sent me my own copy yet. But um, yes, it's a lot thinner. It was never intended to be a book, like a real book. Um, but I get it. It's kind of sucks reading stuff on your computer yeah. and your Kindle. So people asked for it and I resisted for a long time. And then I was per- I was like, okay, so formatting a paperback is horrible. And, um, yeah, so I converted it into a, uh, a real book and now it's up on Amazon as of yesterday. So you can pick it up. It's, it's my, you know, starting strength was, or sorry, <laughs> radically simple. <laughs> I didn't write starting strength. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. How man. are sales it's, on uh, that book? Half <laughs> a million copies. Just killing it. Um, <laughs> No, I wrote uh, a radically simple strength. You know, now that I look back on it, it was really, it's strength training. It's Mm -hmm. a, you know, with a little bit of bodybuilding. Yeah. And, but I'm always trying to stay a couple steps ahead of the readers, the guys that I'm helping. Cause so I have to keep experimenting because, so I'm ready when they, you know, when they're like, okay, now what do I do? I have the answer versus like, I don't know, you should go. <laughs> I wrote my book. So yeah. go find Mike uh, Matthews. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm done here. No. So I, as you know, by the time radically simple strength actually came out, I had moved on to experimenting with more bodybuilding stuff. And that's really the, the trajectory that I noticed with every client. It's like, I'm weak. I want to get strong. Now I'm fat. And now I want to go back to bodybuilding <laughs> and, or I want to try body. Like, I don't want to, I yeah. want to, I'm, it's great. I can pull four Oh five or whatever. No one can tell that I lift weights right. and I have I a belly. Obese. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, the radically simple strength has a lot on cutting and losing mm-hmm. body fat, but you get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm either going to be a competitive power lifter <laughs> yeah. or, you know, I'm, I'm kind of beat up like all the, just like focus on heavy barbell training all the time. I'm, I'm over it. I still want to maintain my lifts. I still want to make progress as I, you know, when I can, it doesn't have to be as quick, Mm -hmm. but I'd really like to focus on some variety and some bodybuilding stuff. And that was my own, that was what I wanted to do. So I put that program together and, uh, wrote it all out in a, in the ebook and then, um, put that out. And then in the meantime, I started experimenting with like really low volume. So I 
for you know those algorithms <laughs> for some reason i got nothing but dorian yates and mike menser <laughs> little instagram reels with the <laughs> captions and stuff like right. all day and of course i'm clicking on them like and i had heard about those guys i mean i i knew all about them back in the 90s when, or early 2000s when i was when i got into bodybuilding stuff but i was like these guys are on a ton of gear this is not for yeah. me right and now that i'm 43 and and really tired of just the grind of lifting I was like, hey, maybe, you know what? I've never actually done this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how little can I really get away with? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I started, I started experimenting with, I took the the program in here, which is pretty simple, but it does have a lot of variety, a lot of assistance exercises. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what can I cut out of this? You know, how, how much, how many exercises and how many sets can I cut and like, what can I get away with? And so I, I put up a YouTube video about this new experiment and I put the template up for free. I just called it radically simple essentials. Cause like mm. you always have to have a cool on brand name for <laughs> yeah. your program. Yeah, thumbnail. yeah, exactly. So that went up. And then in the meantime, I, I tried to hack at it even more. So, um, and I just ran it and to see what would happen. And it's really like a, a focus on, intensity like if yeah. if you can get away with if i can get away with one set and it keeps going up every week like yeah. i'm just get why not do so now i'm in and out of the gym of 30 minutes and i kind of screwed myself because i don't think i'm ever going back to like, <laughs> like if you were like you need to do two sets of squats to be like are you insane yeah <laughs> yeah i think like just for some context though because I, I understand the like the high intensity low volume stuff and i think it really does work for, you know, making some progress and for certain, certainly for maintenance, but more so in people like you and I that have a lot of years under our belt and have like gone through the process of like you outlined in the first book, that's kind of the base that you need to build. You're not going to get absolutely with super low volume no. training. And more importantly, you, and, and this is, yeah, this is actually a really important point. And I stress this a lot. I, I write over and over on the sales page, on the Amazon page, in the book. This is not a beginner program mm -hmm. because you need, you, like you said, you need to, you don't know how to lift and you don't know how to grind, you mm -hmm. know, when you're starting out. I mean, even it years in, it took five years or more for me to understand what it really meant to push on a weight. <laughs> Cause you, you know, when you're starting out, it's like, it, it feels, you're like, ah, it feels a little heavy and you just rack it. Yeah. And, but in order to make a program that's one set, do anything, you have to have developed the neuromuscular efficiency yeah. to maintain your uh -huh. form under like real heavy weight and through those few reps that you're actually going to like, it's those last reps that are, if, if, if it's going to work at all, it's because of those last reps. And if mm -hmm. you give up or quit early or just, or your form collapses, cause you don't know how to hold it together while you're really exerting yourself, mm -hmm. it'll never work. So yeah. absolutely not. It won't do. If I had found this program when I was starting out, it would have done nothing. Yeah. But, but now That's one of the big, um, you know, things about having a coach is like, they can watch your set and be like, okay, you think that was an RPE nine or 10, that was a six. And, you know, 
getting to the point where you can know what an RPE 10 feels like. And like you said, maintain your form at that level yeah. of intensity too. We were just talking about that. Um, I had two guys on a uh, two guys on our Reddit who were kind of new and you know, they're posting questions. Like it's my fifth workout. Can I jump to the intermediate program? It's like, <laughs> like five, you're, you're on workout five and he's, and just like overthinking everything. So I was doing, you know, five kilo increases or 10 kilo. Now I want to do like 7.5. And then it's like, dude, just lift the weight. Like don't make it have make it heavier. Follow. Yeah. Like I, you don't, you haven't earned a right to have an opinion on this. Like you just, and that's not a knock. You you don't know, but that I'm sure you're you still learning. It's like that. These like guys who overthink everything and they just can't get out of their own way. It's like, shh, put your head down, follow the program. Right. And, and how are you? He's like, I don't know if I can recover from my next deadlift of, I think it was like 200 pounds. He's like 32. I was, I was like, dude, you know how you figure that? First of all, you can for sure. But also <laughs> you figure that out by going to 205 and trying right. it. Right. Like you don't like write. You don't a, analyze you don't, your way there. You don't build a spreadsheet on the probability that you're going to get 200 <laughs> and then decide that you need to be an intermediate five date, five workouts in like just. Right. But just ask chat they, GTP they're, they're, if you're going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they don't, you know, they don't know that. And they're really into it. They're really yeah. excited about it. Yeah. And, yeah. And so they're analyzing everything and you gotta, there's, <clears throat> there's a time to do that, but but early on, it's like, listen to the dude who's been doing this for 20 years and wrote the book you bought. Just do it. Just <laughs> yeah. do it and and try. And then you don't have to think. Just yeah. lift. That's the point and, of having the coach. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, you do. We absolutely have to kick guys in the ass sometimes. Well, I hope you sell a million <laughs> copies of this, uh, the new book, too. <laughs> I mean, that it, would be. Promoting it to our yeah. dozens of <clears throat> listeners is going to move the needle. If, sure. if the chest hair and the, and the, you know, the smile naked photo on the top. Oh yeah. If that doesn't do it, I give up. That was like, I, do you know, I, I had a dream the other night, but right before this came out, I woke up and I freaked out and I, and I just like turned to my fiance and I was like, I can't put, I can't publish that cover. It's so <laughs> lame. It's so like, I free, I, this has been the cover for months uh -huh. and yeah. and i was like this is i'm this is the stupidest cover like how am i gonna do that she was like it's it's fine it looks I think good the, the only thing that could have made it better is if you had had them <clears throat> crop it into just above your waistline so you couldn't tell that you're wearing shorts and people would just had this like mystique about it like is he wearing pants <laughs> yeah yeah that would have been yeah that's that one way to go good. you know I, the this was actually a personal for i mean obviously it's personal but like i hate it when you get a book from a guy and it's like a stock photo of mm. some dude with abs yeah you know like if you see these guys on <clears throat> these fitness guys on twitter with the you know they've got like a hundred ebooks for mm. you know <laughs> for every possible thing yeah. it's like here's my elbow just, program <laughs> yeah right my bicep program my tricep program my bulking program my super bulking program like my <laughs> my get shredded program my beast mode program my whatever you're like dude this is how many template like are you just it's this it's got to be the same thing but but they never it's always a stock photo of a guy huh and Interesting. i didn't realize that. you know 
Oh yeah. It's and I I see the you go on like, you know, I have to look for stock photo libraries sometimes. You're like, oh, that's that, that's that dude with abs that's on the <laughs> that's on that guy's website and that guy's ebook. And I was like, if you can't stand behind, if you're gonna put if you're gonna put a photo on your work, back it up. Yeah, put you on you know? there. And I'm like, all right, that's the best, you know photo of me looking like that for 30 seconds that i have <laughs> all the air is blown out <laughs> oh god yeah just we talked about this before just like just like put the curl bar down and then take the picture and then and then it's gone it's 20 seconds later you look 30 pounds heavier you know? oh man my face hurts from laughing so much yeah but, um all right yeah. so this is this is only part of what we're going to talk about today let's get into the real meat of the subject. We thought it would be fun to, you know, take our own real life experience in training and from things that we've learned from coaching people over the years and talk about things that we've changed our mind on or just big lessons that we've heard along the way. So <clears throat> we've put together a list of things. Why don't we go back and forth on these things so we can give our voices a break from, from talking between ones. Does that sound good? Yeah. I think that's a <laughs> great right. idea. These are in no particular order from, uh, from my list, but the first thing, okay. and, th and, th and this might, this really ties into something we already started talking about, but something I've changed my mind on is that the traditional novice linear progression that a lot of people will know what that means is the best way for new trainees to start building strength. And especially people that are not working either online with a coach or in person with a coach. So you changed your mind to that opinion or from that opinion, from that opinion. I used to think Ooh, that was, this is good. Back, back when I drank the starting strength Kool-Aid back in, <clears throat> I guess it was 20, <laughs> 2013, or 2014, you know, went to Wichita falls, did the whole thing. I was convinced that this is where everybody should start to get strong. Come over to our garage. We're going to do three sets of five. We're going to follow the, the linear yeah. the novice linear progression, which if you don't, if you guys don't know, and I might butcher this cause it's been so long since I've like read <laughs> up on it. You, you basically have two workouts that you go back and forth between the first workout is three sets of five squats, three sets of five overhead press and one set of five deadlifts. And then the B workout that you alternate between swaps, the press for the bench press and, you and you just That's add five it. pounds. So you end up squatting there you go. three times <clears throat> per week, right? 60 so pounds adding, a month at least. Right. So, and this is the process that I, I went through back, you know, after I drank the Kool-Aid, like I said, and I was, <laughs> I, I just thought this is what you're supposed to do. I mean, it works every time you do the program and it works, but yeah, I've changed. And therefore I thought it was the best way for just about anybody to get strong because it works so well. But now I realize looking back and looking at my own experience and, you know, coaching people through that process and coaching people in ways that are not that process that number one, the process is so stinking boring. The program is boring. It's just back and forth between these two workouts. You know exactly what you're going to do every day, which sometimes is a good thing because you don't have to worry about it. And sometimes it's a bad thing because you're dreading it because you know, it's getting heavier every single oh, yeah. workout, especially yeah. as you start getting three quarters of the way through as heavy as you're going to get during this progression. That's when they start quitting. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Yeah. It's boring. It's dreadful. And people quit it because it gets so hard. I, which, I, have, a, you know, I have a 
question but what okay. is are you talking about is is this opinion as a business owner or as someone recommending just fitness like a you just got a guy who wants to get strong uh it's got to be from both because it's across you know, the board yeah because I, I i've been in that person's shoes and known my back is still sore from you know doing <laughs> three sets of, of squats at 275 two days ago but now i got to go in and squat 280 for three sets of five. And should I be rewarded by completing that? All I get to do is go even heavier than go next up five pounds. Yeah. So like, I know that, <laughs> so from the client perspective, I can see why it leads to less compliance. And then from a business owner's perspective too, like I'm trying to balance challenging people without just wearing them out, making them hate their training and going to look right. for something that's more enjoyable. So, um, the other side of it is, and I dealt with this a lot and I know other people do too, cause there's entire videos about it. You probably even have videos on your YouTube channel about it is you get strong so quickly in that progression that your tendons and ligaments can't keep up with how quick your muscles are getting stronger. And you end up with just wicked tendonitis, particularly in the elbows in a lot of people. I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to jump in here and say one that I, we're, we're not done with yours, but uh, that was on my list of the, in like the ones I'm not uh -huh. going to talk about today in terms of things I've changed my mind about. I think Rip, Rip Patel was right about a, a lot. Mm -hmm. And and I still today <clears throat> find things where like, oh man, he did tell me that, like, <laughs> you yeah. know, but that grip, that thumbs on top grip. Yep. That, that they, that starting strength advocates it causes tendonitis. It, <laughs> no that's it, 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 like you, you might not get tendonitis. There are guys who, but if you're going to get tendonitis, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's because of that grip. Yeah. And the longer I've coached, I don't even have guys, if they come in already doing it and they're mm -hmm. fine, that's fine. But the first thing that we change as soon as those elbows start flaring up mm -hmm. is wrap your thumb around because it's just too easy to, do that what with your yeah. thumb on top and uh mm -hmm. that was that's one thing that i'm like okay you're wrong about that yeah <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I totally understand the argument i i understand yeah. the logic behind it and uh -huh. and if you do it perfectly you it, it works but most people learning how to lift don't do it perfectly and they end up pissing off their elbows and that's nasty as you know that's nasty and it takes yeah. forever to heal <clears throat> totally yeah and i would even say like you know if you can coach somebody up to to understand what it feels like to have your hands on the bar, but to feel no weight in your hands and feel all that weight right. on your back, you've accomplished the same thing. And the other thing about the thumbs on top of the bar grip is, you know, unless you have, you know, the, the knurling, the strongest knurling in the world on your barbell, there's a good chance that the bar is going to slide down on your back a little bit during your super heavy set of five squats, which is going to cause you to or push pushing yeah. or up, you're going to end up pushing your hands into the bar to keep it into position. And you're just loading that tendon with way more weight than it's prepared to handle. And boom, like it could just come out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, like you can't even pour coffee out of a pitcher without extreme <laughs> pain. <laughs> so anyway, you know, what I've changed my mind to now is to still include all of the compound lifts that the novice linear progression includes, but we don't have to necessarily add five pounds to your squat three times a week. We don't necessarily have to squat three times a week. We don't have to get you as strong as possible as quickly as possible. 
And I would also say like from the compliance standpoint, making it more interesting, we include a ton more accessory work right off the bat with our clients. In addition to the heavy compounds, not only does it make it more fun, but you start to see more of the visual results that people really want to see, not just like that they're, you know, they rip their jeans stepping up into their truck because their legs and butt have gotten so big <laughs> from squatting three times a week. <laughs> Yeah. And then you're like, Hey, and also you need to drink a gallon of milk if you want this to keep working. <laughs> um, I never, I mean, I gained a lot of weight on my novice linear progression, but I didn't go the yeah. gallon of milk route. Oh man, I did not. I did it after and just blew up to 250. And whew, that was not, <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. But you were snoring um, like crazy. Yeah. Hey, okay. What's up? Yeah, I know this is, we're off our, we're off our schedule today. Yeah. <laughs> this is this 9.00 AM, uh, podcast is not part of schedule. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's like, dude, Everybody we're, we're supposed to be at the dog dogs. park right now. Um, but so that's my, okay. that's the first thing that I've changed my mind on over the years. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, let's see, I would disagree with you, but that's the point of this. I see the argument and, but if like, if you, so my, so radically simple strength was like my take on coaching that stuff and kind of learning the same lessons that, you know, everybody who, who drinks the Kool-Aid, as you say, you come, you know, 10 years in, you go, okay, this is what I've learned about this. And your yeah. takeaway was different than mine. I think that, so the, the novice programs in my book are, are similar in structure to starting strength, my tweaks were, we're going to do ascending sets because they're faster. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if everything works for a novice, then like one top, one heavy top set will work until it doesn't. And then we'll just right. move on. So it also makes it quicker. And mentally, they only have to work on that. They only have to wrestle with that one hard set and then they're done, you yeah. know. Um, but the, the boringness of it, and the repetitiveness of it, I think is a feature, not a bug, <laughs> <laughs> I get you know, that. because, I get that. because most people come, they either don't know what to do at all. And, and they're over and nowadays with the internet, they're completely overwhelmed with like all those guys selling all those programs with all. And, and so to be like, look, dude, that you, there's four exercises. <laughs> That's not the important part. The important part is, you need to learn how to push weight. Mm -hmm. And so it's going up every time. And whether you like it or not, we're putting more weight on. And, and then they like, so they can develop that ability. Cause we were talking about earlier, like learning, if you're going to make a, a low volume program work in five years, you need to learn how to really push yourself. And that happens early on. Yeah. And so I want them and you know, like we were talking about earlier, like the boring stuff is the stuff that works like it boring. That lesson needs to be beaten into you with for sure with training with nutrition. And I also think you have to earn the right to curl, <laughs> you know, you don't get to go. It's just like, you don't get to have your dessert before you eat your vegetables. Like you gotta put in the work and then I'm going to reward you. Um, and then, but you know, the run the novice program for nine months thing is like, okay, that's, that guy is the rare exception. So yeah. I 
cut my novice program off. It's like, dude, if you make it like four months, just yeah. go to the intermediate program and get, yeah. and then let's get into the variety. But you know, yeah, I see what you're and saying. I, I, we still, we still do. I mean, even a brand new client, <clears throat> once we know they have barbell experience or we're going to coach them, we still do the boring stuff every single week and we still add weight every single week. But instead of doing it so often, we might, I mean, we're still doing it every week, but we might see a variant of a squat later in the week, like a goblet squat or yeah. a front squat, something like that. Instead of just adding weight to that same lift over and over again, because, yeah. you know, of course we're not blind to the fact that you got to do the thing a lot of times just to get good at it. We've yeah. just found what we feel like is a really good balance that our clients appreciate with it. I mean, it, it, what's the, the, and the only answer you need is that you're, they keep coming back. Right. And trust <laughs> right. me, and I, don't get I, I, dude, I learned it, you know, at, as when I started, it was like, we are doing a starting strength program. And if you, you don't like it, you need to sack up. <laughs> and they're like, okay, I'm also just going to leave your gym <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. and not pay you anymore. And I was like, right. oh yeah, I've got like a business to run. So yeah, maybe here. I should take my clients, you know, feelings yeah. and, and into consideration. So yeah. it's a balancing act, right? You gotta, yeah. that's what we do. It's, you gotta look at the person you're dealing with and like, do you need the carrot or the stick? Do you need yeah. me to do you need me to be a drill sergeant or, the, or a therapist? Mm -hmm. Please say drill sergeant because <laughs> I I don't unless, have the tools. Of unless you can charge the therapist rates, also. <laughs> that, you know how we would all personal trainers would be billionaires <laughs> if we could charge therapy rates, but no, we we do we do ninety five percent psychotherapy and five percent <laughs> teaching three. people how to lift weights. But we get we don't get paid that way. Yeah. <laughs> we'll Meanwhile, talk about that next time we're uh, next. By time the way, this. just as an aside, that that psychotherapy has to be the sweetest gig. And you just you have a room in your house and you charge <laughs> six hundred bucks an hour to go. How did you How did you feel about that? <laughs> six hundred bucks an hour. Wow. That well, I come. You know, I grew up in or I'm from Los Angeles. California. So, yeah. Yeah. We, we got the hotshot guys, but yeah, and they're just like, huh. Oh. And they're not allowed to tell you what to do. That's like that's point, part yeah. of the deal. Yeah. So they're just like, oh, what, what did your, listen. what did your mother do to you? And how did that make you feel? You're like, I, what am I? Okay. Anyway. I mean, you might be exposing do. a niche here where it does combine legitimate psychotherapy, counseling therapy with, uh, with barbell training. I mean, think if you're, I wanted to put that on my services, like, you know, strength, like monthly membership, blah, blah, and then just psychotherapy, like Un 10 unlicensed times. psychotherapy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Buyer beware. Exactly. All yeah. right. What was your, what's your number right. one on your list? Uh, in no particular order, I think my number one is that you don't need to get fat, mm. which, you know, coming out of the same world, it was like the, it was like, just gain weight. You need to gain weight. And that is true. And if you are a young man, I think we talked about this last time I was on here, but if you're a young guy in your twenties, and you want to be jacked in your 40s, it would serve you well to get as big and strong as you can in your 20s when you've got the hormones to do that and the ability to recover and the ability to train hard. And that's going to mean getting a little fatter. That's fine. And then when you, but when, you know, at 35 on, you can cut that off and you'll just have built this base of muscle. But we don't get, you know, I don't get a lot of clients that are in their early 20s because yeah. they don't, 
have the money and they don't care and they just figure it out. So, so, you know, for, so my average guys are like 30, 45, 55. Mm -hmm. And, but you come from the world of, if you're going to do this, you need to gain weight. You need to be 275 at like five, seven, you know, (laughs) and there's only so much muscle tissue the human body can build in a month. And I think the last time I checked, and I'm sure someone will correct me on this, but the last time I looked into this, it was like four pounds of, sorry, two pounds of lean tissue per month that you can build in like optimal circumstances as a novice, Mm, which comes with other stuff. You add water, you add, you know, Mm -hmm. fat, bone tendon so so call it four pounds a month to get two pounds of actual muscle tissue beyond that you're so if you're gaining more than four pounds a month you're just getting fatter and that's okay it's fine but you're but as you probably found out and so many people that i've talked to and and just friends and colleagues and clients it's like most people take that too far and get too fat and you end up looking like you don't even look, you just look like a doughy meatball. <laughs> and, and like, you know, you're really doing yourself a disservice too. Cause probably the habits that it took for you to gain all that weight, those might be kind of difficult to <laughs> stop doing when it comes time to lose the weight. You know, it's not like we're just existing in this vacuum or we're like, now I shall, you know, eat to gain weight and now I'll turn off all those habits and I right. shall be super disciplined with my diet and lose the weight. No, like you might get really used to eating all those delicious hyper palatable yeah. foods and milkshakes and stuff like that. And, and you might want to keep doing it. Even when you get tired of having all that extra weight on you, it might be really hard to actually lose weight. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you're the, you know, there are the rare skinny dudes that, you know, struggle to even weigh 165. And it, you know, they do need to have that message hammered home of like, dude, just eat as much as you possibly can. Cause you're not going to get fat. And the moment that you just stop trying to gain weight, you'll just, you'll just lose it all. But yeah. most, you know, the average doughy kind of fluffy, I don't know whether to bulk or cut guy, you know? Yeah. Like we had, a, I, I saw a post the other day. It was a guy who was like, he was oh probably almost 40% body fat. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, any, it was like, do I bulk or cut? It's like you cut. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. You have enough energy on board to, to run a novice progression or any and get real strong and still lean out. Yeah. So, um, and, and I mean, yeah, they just go ahead. What would you say? Like, you know, in my mind, if somebody asked me that question, <clears throat> if I estimate their, you know, somewhere in the 12 to 15%, body fat range, then the answer is to, to bulk. If they're less than that. I think 15% is like the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. I think that's like, I, in my experience. And depends how old they are too. Yeah, for sure. We can skew that up if you're, you know, older, but 15% is manageable. Like it's, you can kind of just cruise in that once you get there, it's, you know, if you're, 25 it's hard to, <clears throat> it's hard to get down there but once you're there and you and you live there you kind of you know you can still enjoy your life you can go out to dinners you can have a couple extra drinks or, and you and you're just kind of always around that 
and yeah. and but you're trying you can train hard too i noticed that my strength anytime i cut my strength hangs on pretty well even goes up until i get below like 13 percent, and mm-hmm. then it like falls off a cliff <laughs> and i just like everything aches and i feel like terrible and and i just yeah but 15 like i'm good there so yeah i think it's a you good know compromise. It, it, yeah, I, that's just, it's like maintainable. You look good. You look athletic. You don't, you're not ripped, but you might have a vein in your bicep or something, depending on your, how thick your skin is. And you look like you're in shape, but you don't look fat and, and you, but you can also train hard and live your life. And so yeah. if you've got a guy coming in, who's, you know, a lot heavier than that or a lot fatter than like, don't bulk. Yeah. Don't bulk up. Now, yeah, now if you're young and you're coming in around like 17% and you're starting out, I would yeah, I would try and hang on and get strong get stronger cuz yeah. you'll recompose, you know, you'll get yeah. you'll lose the fat, and you'll gain some muscle in that little beginner phase, which is amazing, but and you can always just see how long you can get stronger where you're at with your maintenance calories then and add more in. If you start to strength plateau, you don't have to jump to eating 5,000 calories per day. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that I've noticed recently, especially talking to a lot of these younger guys who are just starting out um, on Reddit is, you know, we're doing a casual kind of fat loss challenge for our community between now and like the week of Christmas, we're going to call it. And it's just for fun. I wanted to see if I could lose 10 pounds and, I figured some accountability would help. Uh, But, you know, you've got guys who are fat, like they've got a lot, they have a high body fat percentage, you know, they're they're trying to cut down from like 250 or something. And they're like, man, I'm really feeling the, you know, I'm, I'm down to 240 and I'm really feeling it in the gym. It's like, no, you're not. You're not. It's in your head. Reserve energy. You got, there's no way you're not eating enough food to do what you're doing in the gym. Right. And yeah, it's so, but you know, that it's psychological, you know, you're cutting, everybody tells you when you cut, you lose strength and yeah, but you have no frame for that. It's like, yeah, you do later. Like when you're creeping up on 10%, I'll believe you right Yeah, right now you're fine. You're fine. And I think like, it's good to remind people that are trying to gain weight, you know, realistically to hit those numbers you were talking about. Uh, as far as like how much muscle you can gain in a month, realistically, that only takes like a 15% calorie surplus to yeah. optimize giving your body enough nutrients to build muscle. So yeah, I don't, I don't know but, about you, but it's real easy to eat an extra two or 300 calories per day without like feeling like I'm bulking. Yeah. Yes. And that was the big, you know, coming from a, I started, I was a 165 pound, five pound vegan. I got up to a 252 pound you know, recreationally competitive power lifter. And then I was like, okay, I'm fat. And, (laughs) and then cut back down. And, and, but I was, I, you know, my PRs, my best lifting was after I had lost all that fat. So I, I busted through all, because like we talked about earlier, it's like, I was still training and I was developing that ability to maintain my form under I was getting better at the technique and better mm-hmm. mentally at pushing and and getting all that stuff out of my head about oh I'm in a calorie deficit or like 
and just psychologically becoming a better lifter. And so having, you know, having lost all that weight and then my strength went up, it's like, okay, I don't think you need to get fat. (laughs) I don't think you need to get as fat. Yeah. Let's yeah, put it you, that way. yeah. You need to be more, be more patient than just like, yeah. It on. yeah. But the, yeah, yeah. But so many people in that, in that world take even the coaches, you know, even the, the coaches, like you've got, it's an attractive message of like, yeah. <laughs> just, and, and, and I've always said like, I've every, I love Ripito's consistency. He's like, I'm not watering this down. My, I'm promising you, I will make you stronger. This is what you do. You put five pounds on the bar, you eat, you eat 5,000 calories a day and you get big and strong. And like, there's room for all kinds of nuance in there, but he's smart enough to know, like, nope, I'm not watering this down. You know, it was like, yeah, well, whatever. So there's a whole topic of health also. (laughs) Right. But I appreciate the you know it's a you're selling it's marketing you're selling so make it as simple as possible and um and have people figure and you know so i i did appreciate that but yeah i agree all right i'm gonna move on to number two all right something i've changed my mind on is that following the 80 20 rule is a good way to make progress i think like this is okay. just something you you just kind of hear out there in the ether, and I think a lot of coaches <laughs> the even Prado throw this principle out to, their, to their yeah yeah exactly. I wrote a whole article yeah. about this on our blog, but um, do they talk about snap peas in his garden? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah it was yeah. really it was really based on on yeah his experience in his garden, uh, but yeah. we've turned we've turned it into something completely else that you know we feel like and and coaches are notorious for telling their clients this too that. As long as you're 80% on track, the other 20% you're off track won't derail your progress. And I've probably said that to people when I was a new coach too. I never say that anymore because what are we talking about? Are we talking about 80% of you did 80% of your workouts? So we talking about you gave an 80% effort on the workouts that you did do 80% of the food you ate was good, whatever that means. What was the other 20%? Like what are we 80% of the day you were eating healthy food? And then the other 20, like there's no way to put any real numbers to any of this because of that, it creates this distorted perception in somebody's mind where it's like, well, I was mostly good. Again, what does that mean? Um, but why am I not getting the results that I want? Because probably about 80% of the time I was doing pretty good. Yeah. There was the other 20%. So that creates a lack of results in people. And then that just completely demotivates them, makes them feel like they're messing up, that they're, you know, not capable of getting results, creates this distorted relationship with what is good, what is bad. And boom, people just kind of like get frustrated and give up. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, um, so my understanding of that principle is that 20, 80% of your results come from 20% of your efforts. That's, so, that's the that's the correct r- way to apply the 80 20 rule yeah so you so you look at you know we, like we we're talking about variety and programming right mm-hmm. what is actually making you stronger mm-hmm. is it all these different assistance exercises is it you know or is it the 20 percent of what you're doing like squatting and deadlifting mm-hmm. that is producing 80 percent of the results yeah. and i you know so I think, yeah, I think if, if you apply the rule correctly, <laughs> then 
but then that makes sense. But nobody, so you, you're, you nobody's said thinking the lesson about I that. learned is that thinking, applying thinking the Pareto about... principle incorrectly is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you make you make a valid point. But just you know, I'm sure you've seen on social media where all these coaches like you know you can't mess this up. Just stay on track 80 percent of the time, and and you'll get the results that you want. That's how people are now applying the 80. 20. Yeah. Nobody, nobody actually is saying that like, you know, 80% of my fat loss is because the 20% of the work I spent, you know, hitting my calories and eating enough protein. Like it's, I, right. that's, that's right. my goal is to teach people that, that focusing on the 20% of the things that really matter will get you yes. 80% of the results, but we've distorted it into this 80% on track. 80% is good enough. Track. Yeah. Oh, okay. 80, right. as long as we're on track 80% of the time, or we do an 80% good job. Yeah. I've heard, I, who was it? A lot of the diet guys go like stick to your diet 90% of the time. Hey, yeah. you need to go outside. I'm on a podcast. <laughs> Get Come that on. dog. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But you, you do hear that a lot. So what does that, what does that mean? Well, that's, it means, that's... well, I think, okay. So my, I'm actually thinking about this a lot right now because I'm my next challenge. I feel like I've covered my bases with, you know, strength training advice. I feel like I've done a decent job of like, all right, here's what I think you should do. The hard one is nutrition. And so that's my next like thing I'm going to try and tackle. And it's, it's a psychology problem. Mm -hmm. You know, it's everybody knows what to eat or at least they know what not to eat, but they don't do it. But, and, and so there's all these you know, it's a whole psychological battle. It's, it goes on 24 seven, but one of the things is getting frustrated and demotivated. And so I did a little email survey with my email list, asking them what, you know, tell me like, what, what are the hardest parts about sticking to a diet? When, when in your life was there like a bright spot where you were actually good and what was happening? And, but one of the most common responses is I have one bad day and it just, I fall off the rails and it turns into like a week long bender. <clears throat> and I think keeping in mind, like, look, you got to be, you, you got to plan, but you're, no one's going to stick to it a hundred percent, you know? So if, so your goal is 90, your goal is most of the time you're eating the way you're supposed to eat, you're going to mess up and it's not the end of the world. Don't give up <laughs> just, yeah. just, but if, yeah, but if it's like, no, I have to be a hundred percent compliant or I've failed. No one's going to do that because every life won't let you. You're going to have to go out to dinner with your wife or someone's going to bring over a bottle of whiskey and want to drink it with you. And you need yeah. to do that because that's just rude. If you don't. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, so I think. Yes, I think that's a great point. And so what, instead of talking in terms of this 80-20 thing, what I think is more helpful is to like establish what is your identity? What is the identity of the person that you want to be as far as when it comes to like your health, your fitness, yeah. all those things, what are the actual behaviors that line up with that identity? And then all those things just kind of become your default. We don't need to think about it in terms of percentages or anything like that. And then when life happens, somebody shows up with the bottle of whiskey that falls outside of the scope of what you normally do on your routine, but it's such a small right percentage of how many things you do is regarding your nutrition, your workouts, whatever, it has no impact on your results. Cause it's not yeah. part of your normal routine. Yeah. That's, I get that's it. my, that's my thinking about right. it. this whole, like, you know, we talk a lot in this podcast about the on track, off track mentality. And that really just boils down to what you just said. The, like, I have one bad day and it sends me off track. And, yeah. You know, that's, you know, 
that is the thing. It, the, as soon as we can solve that problem, we can help people get in shape and never lose their results for the rest of their life, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that uh, James Clear's thing of never miss twice. Yeah. Just, you know, everybody like it, it's not a problem until it's a pattern. Right. So you're yeah. going to you're going to screw up. And that's the cool thing about nutrition versus weightlifting. Like if you have a bad workout, if you go into the gym and you, you know, you just have a bad deadlift session, you got to wait a week at least, you know, to to try that again, to get back on track, to know mm -hmm. that you're in the game. The 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 good and the bad part about diet but is that you it's a constant battle you eat multiple times a day, every single day, which means you have to make good decisions a lot, mm -hmm. but it also means if you make a bad one, you can get right back on track in three hours, <laughs> right? You know, it's you not the to, end yeah. of the world. There's yeah. so many opportunities to both screw up and do it right. That if you're, that it's like, if you can get in your head, like, look, I just, okay. So that wasn't what I was supposed to eat, but it's, I'm not done. Like I can just tomorrow morning, I got to have breakfast and I'm just going to have a good breakfast. Yeah. That's, but, that, yeah. that's the key. Like, I like the way you said that. Cause it really is that, that simple and people overcomplicate it in their mind, maybe even subconsciously, like they overcomplicate it in their mind because they, um, have gotten into this loop of like self-sabotaging when they, get a certain level of progress rolling, but they never really Dude, wait. Are you identity. charging me for your therapy? Right <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I mean, it's a, uh, there's, I didn't realize this until I started coaching people on nutrition, you know, and, and even after maybe a couple of years of doing it, like it's, I mean, I, I have more clients now that we don't really talk that much about calories and macros yeah. and protein and fiber. We're trying to develop the habits, both mindset related and action, having plans for these situations that come up in their life that, you know, help them shift their default habits to the person that they want to be. Um, and that's really the only way to actually yeah. get results and keep them. Yeah, I, I was I was going through some of the stuff I collected for this new thing. And, and there was a blog post. Um, I think Shane Parrish wrote it. Um, uh, and it was just a, a story about, it was about rules and having like personal rules. And and mm -hmm. he talked about a buddy who was trying to lose weight and he just like one guy was doing all the calorie counting and whatever and didn't succeed. And then his other friend just had a rule that like, whenever he went to a restaurant, he would order the healthiest thing on the menu. That was the rule. And it's so, but it's just, okay, that's my default. I don't even have to think that's my default choice. Yep. And I think people who are successful long-term, like you and I probably don't even think about this anymore. You know, I don't decide to go work out. Yeah. It's just, I'm doing it. It's part Relax of who you are now. You know, I, yeah. It, right. And, and I don't decide to, that I'm going to eat as much protein as I do every day. It just would feel weird not to. Yeah. But that's the goal. People who the, the hard part for guys like us, where it's like a, we just kind of are that guy is to help someone who's not that guy become that guy. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's tough, man. Yeah. It's real. Like they gotta, yeah. So whether it's rules or some guys need the, the, they need to track everything and you know, but it's a, yeah, it's a tough one, but yeah. you know, I'm with you, man. Screw the 80, 20 rule. <laughs> <laughs> we took it a different direction, but I like the way that it went. Uh, yeah. It's just something I like to harp on. So I've, <laughs> 
I've changed 80, my mind on 80% that. 80% of what? What are you talking about? Of what? Yeah, because you can do yeah. a lot of damage in 20% of the day if there's enough pizza around. Well, yeah. I mean, although that the 80-20 principle would still hold there. <laughs> 20% of what you did <laughs> caused 80% of the damage. Yeah. But the problem is you do that 20%, 100% of the days. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. That would be a exactly. problem. All right. All right. What you got? My, all right. My next one would be that I've changed my mind on frequency of heavy lifting. And mm-hmm. I, when I came out of the starting strength program, the Texas method, it was like you're used to squatting three days a week. And you learn in that process, like you're doing three days a week and you're just adding weight every time. And then you go on vacation or you take the, you know, you miss Friday and maybe Monday. Cause you took a trip, mm-hmm. you go back on Wednesday and it's like, it feels impossible. Mm-hmm. So, cause you're, that you're riding that adaptation wave mentally. Yeah. You don't understand, you know, you're psyching yourself out a lot thinking like I, if I miss a workout, I'm screwed. Um, because yeah. stress recovery adaptation, stress recovery adaptation, right. yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah. catch the peak before it starts to go down, you know, like, yeah. And that happens perfectly three days a week. So, <laughs> right. um, what I've learned over time is, and again, this is something that you learn is more appropriate for in late intermediates and advanced lifters is that you can, first of all, you can squat one day a week and still make progress and i'm deadlifting now heavy i i started deadlifting heavy every other week about two years ago just because i was just i didn't care (laughs) i was like i don't want to deadlift heavy this week um and then i saw it happen with my clients where a lot of times when my clients deadlift starts getting real heavy they'll have a great set of five, but it's a grinder. Like, so they hit it. And then the next week I would notice they can't even get their last warm up, So they have a terrible week. And then, then, and then they'd be like, I only got one rep. And then I'd be like, okay, don't worry about it. And then the next week they'd smoke their deadlift. And I was realizing that, and this is again, something that Ripito talked about very early on in my coaching career, but I didn't get it until later you know, we assume that you're going to go through that process of stress recovery adaptation or whatever you want to call it in seven days. That would be great. (laughs) You know, it's like I deadlifted on Friday and in Friday, next Friday, I'll be perfectly ready to do that again. But if you grind out 550, you might not be ready until day nine or 10. And if you try and deadlift on day seven again, it ain't coming up off the ground. And so I've started as, you know, I would, anytime I saw an intermediate client just grind through a lift, I would, I would give them a lighter, like, Hey, Mm -hmm. this week, we're just going to go up to like 85%. Yeah. And, and then I just start doing that every time they get to a point where I'm like, with the deadlift is the one where it hits first. I'm like, this is just where I'm having to sprinkle in light days. I'm just giving you one every week. And Mm -hmm. The prog- And I've been doing that with my own lifting, like I said, for two years and the it's slower progress, but I'm always recovered and uh, I'm not injured. I haven't had to do any resets 
And it's just like consistently over the course of the year, you make more progress than if you are like hitting a wall, hitting a wall, mm-hmm. you, you eke out a PR and then you have a terrible workout and you feel, you know, you, you're depressed. And, and then I've started doing it with the squat too. And like right now I'm squatting one day a week and, but it it's, I don't feel rusty. It's yeah. just like, I got that out of my head. Yeah. That has to be that way. Yeah. Like, you can you can actually lift heavy one day every other week and i still think you should do the movement light uh-huh. from week to week because yeah. just you know you got to otherwise you got to grease the groove and you don't want to come back yeah. like relearning but, the lift yeah but i don't want to do anything heavy more than once a week so right now i squat heavy and i'll deadlift light and then the next week i'll deadlift heavy and squat light mm-hmm. and it's fine. It works great. Let me ask you this. This is kind of a tangent, but you know, in the novice linear progression for starting strength, you only deadlift to a top set of five, um, and which that's definitely enough volume for a beginner anyway. But how, what do you think overall about sticking with that top set of five versus having more deadlift volume to like three sets of five or, or the loads a little bit lighter, but three sets of four to six, something like that. I think that in that first phase, it is counter. It's too much. I mean, if you think about if, if you have an untrained lifter and we know that anything they do will work for a period of time, then the goal is let's do the minimum amount of work to keep, yeah. to keep putting weight on this bar. Which is why the one change I'm like I mentioned earlier, the main change I made from starting strength was just doing ascending sets to a top set. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, if it if if anything will work for a while, then let's just do a top set. Why do we why do we have to do three? I'll get them out of here in you know 40 minutes. They'll be yeah. thrilled. And then when that stops working and we need more volume, we can bring more volume in. But mm-hmm. why do we have to start with three sets of five? And I do understand it's like the squat is technique. It's, it's, it's reps. You need practice. Yeah. Right. And, um, but why not do five by five ascending? And then, and then the deadlift, like by the end of that workout, you know, you're, you're pulling a deadlift every week, one heavy set, you start adding more than that before it's necessary. And, you're going to paint yourself into a corner because that yeah. young guy's going to, we know that you can progress your deadlift to four Oh five with one set a week or, you know, starting off with every time and then twice a week. And then once a week, the novice, you know, a, a young male novice lifter will be in the four hundreds when he ends that progression. So we know one set works. We know it's enough. Yeah. And point. then you have that card to play later, which is, you can add more volume if you need it. What I've yeah. found personally is, is that I need less volume. <laughs> like <laughs> seriously, yeah, we're not in our twenties. Right. But, but you know, I maybe there's a time to add, I don't want to deadlift that much. And I, and, but even for across the board, I don't think, you know, this is not for competitive powerlifters, by the way. So that's a, right. so someone else can handle that. You can have Feigenbaum on again, and he'll talk to you about <laughs> RPEing, uh, you know, with six sets of four d- deadlifts at RPE seven or whatever. Like that, I don't know anything about that. Um, 
for, with my guys, it's like, dude, if one set of deadlifts is enough, let's just do that. And yeah. maybe down the line, we need to do some volume as an intermediate to, to, to drive the heavy day, but yeah. Or some RDLs or straight leg deadlifts or something as a variant. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. All, All right. right. You ready so, for the next one? Yeah. My turn? Yes, yeah, my turn. Yeah. Yes. All right. That's my last one. Okay. I've changed my mind that I used to think that bodybuilding was stupid because it wasn't quote oh. functional. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, you know, yes. I, I used to think, you know, growing up, I would just see the magazines in the grocery store and you know, it's just like, there's these guys, I didn't realize at the time they were all on steroids. That's why they look like that. But how and in, dare you, and then how in, you can't prove that. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 2009 wow. is when we got into CrossFit. And of course, like they're very anti, well, at the time they were very anti bodybuilding. Now you download any CrossFitters program and it's like 75% bodybuilding and 25%, yeah. well, maybe 50% bodybuilding, 25% CrossFit and 25% strength training. But, you know, I was kind of indoctrinated in those early days of CrossFit when there wasn't like a mirror in any gym that doing any sort of, you know, isolation bodybuilding style exercise was completely ridiculous. It was just, you know, for vanity, there was no functional benefit to it. And then I actually, and people who listen to this podcast know this, but towards the end of, actually I was past my novice linear progression. I was into doing the Texas method and I, I tore my glute and bulged a disc in some order. I don't know if they happened at the same time or whatever, but the point was like, <laughs> I was sidelined for a minute. And that's when I kind of like, well, you know, people are coming over to our house and training three times a week. I'm not just going to sit here and do nothing. So that's when I dipped my toe in the bodybuilding world. Cause I could still do a lot without, you know, loading my spine and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, saw, started to see, wow, this stuff actually works. And then I saw that, you know, all those tendon injuries that I have started to kind of fade away as I wasn't lifting, you know, completely heavy weights every single or multiple times per week. And I was actually strengthening the tendons by doing lighter loads with higher reps and seeing the muscles that other people who were just doing CrossFit or lifting heavy weren't seeing. And, um, yeah, it kind of changed my mind to that. It doesn't have to be completely functional and it might actually add some function to your life too, or increase the amount that you can lift on the main lifts or improve your, you know, CrossFit Metcon times. If thrusters are easier because now you've done a ton of seated dumbbell overhead press, there's more value to it than just the quote function to it. And that's why it's like, yeah. you know, one of the three main tenets of the way that we train all of our clients now. And I think they appreciate that they, maybe they don't even know they're doing bodybuilding, but they're seeing the results of doing bodybuilding and seeing it translate to the function of their life. It's too. certainly more functional for making your wife more attracted to you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah. 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 Still working on that. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, you, you summarized the, the intro to my book, which is obviously, I mean, obviously I've had the same change of heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the intro is, called history repeats and it's about this cycle we all went through where well guys like our age went through where we got into it for bodybuilding and then crossfit hit crossfit starting strength olympic weightlifting like they all kind of hit mm -hmm. and it became not about what you look like but about what you can do and it was like yeah just screw all that stuff like we just need a chalk and a barbell man and like who cares what you can curl like who cares for life yeah like how much can you deadlift dude 
And that didn't matter to me at all. Like my uncle was from the, he was a bodybuilder back in the, you know, the golden age, like mm-hmm. the seventies. And, and nice. um, yeah. And he was like, and when I started get, going to the gym, he called me and he's like, he lived in the East coast. He's like, so how much are you squatting? I'm like, who squats? We're like what's we the minimum? Talk- I don't know. He was like, he's like, you have to squat. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that's, I'm going to leg press and leg. He's like, you have to squat. And then, (laughs) but you know, those old school guys, it was, you know, in the York barbell days, it was like, they lifted, they didn't have, you know, it was, and then we got into the Arnold thing and the muscle beach. And then, so yeah, then we got into the CrossFit thing and everybody was like going back to basics and, and they, and they finally cared again about numbers, which is a great thing. And then we all got older and fat and hurt and and bored like you know unless Some combination you, thereof yeah yeah if, unless you were like you know you're like oh i'm a gifted power lifter and this is going to be my career most of us were like okay i'm a mediocre lifter um i'm bored as hell everything hurts and i'm fat so like what like what do i do and so what what else it's like hey you know those machines look kind of cool maybe i'll try maybe i'll try that and then i had the same thing with you or i early on i had a client who when i was still militant strength training only um nothing for vanity he insisted that he was going to do some like isolation exercises after he did his training in my gym. And about six weeks later, I just looked at him and I was like, damn, he looks good. <laughs> like, like he's like, like one of the things I've changed my mind on, which is not important enough to mention, but, or to go as the, its own thing, but um, is that, that the overhead press is good for building your shoulders. Like it's, it's, it's Got not, it. I mean, it is, Yeah. but when I had, like when I was just overhead pressing and like, you know, I would got up to like 200 for five or something, my shoulders just like, they didn't, they look like shit. And then, and then I just, I was like, okay, I'm doing some lateral raises and they like popped out. Yeah. You know, this little like thing happening over this, like, there's like a divot. I'm like, okay. So that, so seeing that client years ago and then, and, and, and then noticing like maybe, you know, like even the bench press, like the barbell bench press with the big arch, it's not good. It doesn't do shit for your chest. <laughs> like, you know, you're art, you're you're artificially shortening the range of motion. You're arching. You're trying to like trying to move the bar this far. It's <laughs> <laughs> wide, super wide grip. Yeah, like okay, well, and then you do you you do a set of dumbbell like inclined dumbbell presses and like you're you're sore in places and yeah. I'm not saying soreness means you had a good workout, but like you're sore in it. So, yeah, it 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 it's the natural progression, which is mm-hmm. why I wrote that book and yep. and cuz I had the same thing. It's like these guys are all going to get tired of doing a, the you know, just squatting and deadlifting and they're going to want to do something like I want to do something else. You want to do something else. And it's absolutely functional in that it keeps you doing it. I would even say like our female clients appreciate this just as much as the men, because the, <clears throat> the toned look that women want, you're never going right. to get that unless you actually build some muscle and doing yes, the strength training because of all the hormonal responses you get to lifting heavy weights right. too, but then doing enough of this isolation stuff to actually have a muscle where you want to see it is the secret sauce. Yeah. And it's like, 
all things, right? The answer is probably somewhere in the middle. It's mm-hmm. not just powerlifting. It's not just bodybuilding. It you got to take in a lot of resources, and then you got to figure out that, like, you know, it's probably a combination of the two. Yep. And and kudos to the guys on both ends fighting the fight of like, because if it wasn't for a guy like Rip, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have moved the needle. You have to have a guy who's just a diehard. That's his thing. Just like you have to have the CrossFit guys who are like, no, it's functional. It's nuts and seeds. It's like, <laughs> you know, you need those guys. You have you need those guys. Right. But as the consumer, as the person looking for an answer, you need to listen to them and you need to take the, you know, you need to try that. You need to try that. And then what you and then you find the thing that works for you. And yeah. most of the time it's like a blend of like, yeah, like I having a strong squat and a deadlift makes me move better, but doing curls makes my arms look better. <laughs> right. And, and those are, those are, I mean, I'm not going to tell they're you which one is more important to me, but yeah. right. <laughs> they're all valuable. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, totally. I think, I think all that's right. a great one. All right. What's your last one? This is my, okay. Uh, my last pick your, one pick your is. Favorite. Yeah, this is going to be the the one that you don't need to take weight off the bar. That you're allowed to try again. You're allowed to repeat mm. a weight. You kind of talked about this earlier. But so much of my early training was if you don't get, if you go up five pounds and you don't get it, you failed. Mm-hmm. You can try again. But if you fail one, you know, one or two times, you have to reset. It's not yeah. working. Yeah. You have to reset. You have to take weight off the bar and you have to change your program or you have to, de- you know, you got to take 10% off and work okay. back up and then end up getting stuck in the exact same place. Um, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> the, when I switched to, again, this was all out of just like we just talked about doing the thing the way the mm-hmm. guy says to do it and then and then learning and doing it for long enough that you can start playing with it and i was like okay i'm just i had i had just done the reset so many times and then yeah. you see you know guys all the time it's like the first roadblock they hit 2 months into their program and they want to switch programs yeah and 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 you and you think like what if i had just tried it again yeah. There's so many and, things that it could have been. Right. It, right. You could. Exactly. And so switching to um, all of my programs use rep ranges after the mm. novice phase. So mm. three to five, five to eight, whatever. Yeah. But let's, you know, for the squat and deadlift, it's three to five. If you get five, you go up. Mm-hmm. If you don't get five, try again. Yeah. Try again and try and get if let's if you got two, try and get three. If you got three, try and get, when you finally hit five, go up and wait and don't take. And so, you know, I've had periods of like sometimes two months where it was like, I got, you know, I'm trying to pull a set of five deadlifts. I got two and then three and then four and then one and then three and then two and then one and then four. And then and it just, and I was like, I'm not taking weight off the bar. I like, <laughs> And then, and I'm playing with my volume on the lighter day, trying to nudge Mm -hmm. it or pull it off, whatever, but I'm not going down. And then eventually that one day you just smoke five. 
And, Isn't and it amazing how many times when you do reset, you end up just getting stuck at the same place. Exact same. Anyway. You didn't and fix the all problem. All you did was waste a bunch of time. Right. Because you didn't. The only time that you need to reset is if you have a technique error that cannot be fixed. So if you have a, a woman whose knees are just collapsing in or a guy, mm-hmm. right, you, you can't keep piling weight on that. Right. You have to go back. Those muscles have to get strong and then you can work back up. But yeah outside of that, or maybe being sick or injured or out of the game for six months, you don't reset. Don't you earned every pound you put on that bar through hard work and sweat and anxiety and frustration and effort. Don't give it up. Don't take it off. It's just like, it's counterintuitive too, because we know the only thing that's going to drive a better strength adaptation is having more stress. So wouldn't it be counterproductive to pull 15% off and just assume that just ramping back up to where we were with less stress is going to cause us to get stronger? Right. You exactly. You just end, you don't, right. You end up, you don't learn how to get through that thing. And now there's the other side of it too, where like somebody needs, somebody might need to take some weight off the bar too, because of what's going on up here. And that's like part of the job as a coach to be like, this person is just going to give up altogether. If I keep prescribing, 405 and they just can't move it. Like I might need to do something to keep them motivated to keep going. So what I do in that situation is, and you're, you're absolutely right. Like I'm talking about not the guy that you're trying, you know, I'm talking about like you, (laughs) you as the lifter need to not take weight off the bar. But in your situation, what I typically do is I change the rep range. Mm -hmm. So if I go, look, you're shooting for five, but you know, three to five. And, and we just, it, we over and over again, he's yeah. not getting there. Um, I will go, okay, we're going to do a, we're going to change the rep range to from one to three now for mm-hmm. the foreseeable future, you know, and, and yeah. that one, like if you can hit now we're back to getting weight on the bar, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and eventually you might. So this is why like the advanced program in my book is like cycling you have a week where it's like five to eight and then the week two is three to five and then week three is one to three. And, and, but, and each one of those weeks in the cycle, you just stay there until, Mm -hmm. so I've got a, one of my best clients, uh, you know, he's a squatting what, and I mean, he pulled over six and he's squatting in the five hundreds for like volume, but he's been on this cycle and you know, that first week where he's supposed to do five to eight squats, He'll bit six or seven. Like he's rarely hitting the top and we're not putting weight on there that much, mm-hmm. but it's making the, the one to three week go up. So like, I don't yeah. care. Oh you yeah. Know? Yeah. As long as like do your best and, and you know, every once in a while he'll hit all eight and then we go up five pounds for the next, but he might stay for four or five cycles, just adding reps to that range. Yeah. But, but the important day that third week where we're testing, like, you know, what you can do for a triple that keeps moving. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a fun way so, to train too. In my experience. It's yeah. The, the problem with it, he's very consistent. And so mm-hmm. that's why I can give a guy like that yeah. a program, because if you do all the work in week one, you know, you're doing sets of eight squats and then week two, you miss because you're, then you just blew it Yeah, <laughs> like, or, yeah, or you miss point. week three, like someone who's going to be on any, you know, and then you get into 
eight week cycles, like forget it. Like the average person <laughs> is going to, they're going to bust their ass building up all the volume and then life's going to, they're going to get the flu and they're yeah. never going to see the payoff. So I don't, yeah. you know, the most I'll go is like six weeks because mm-hmm. people can usually be consistent with that. But the main point is like the, the lesson that I wish I learned earlier in my career was you had a bad workout. Yeah, that's fine. You you look at your training over in months or weeks, not days. And you just, who the hell knows why you had a bad workout, but put the weight on your back next time and try it again Yeah, and try and do a little better, you know, try and get an extra rep. And, and if it does, and then try it again, like, but don't give, don't take that weight off, figure out, maybe you figure out what you have to do on light day, but don't let that heavy, don't get that off your back because you're, you, you know, cause then you're just going to keep doing that. Yeah. And or I had one a, thing I, I had like an, to go yeah. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I had an injury, uh, where I, I tweaked my back. I know I said I, I didn't, but I did. <laughs> um, I had a back tweak. <laughs> yeah. It's like this program, I never got hurt. I actually, but I tweaked it standing up off the toilet, not in the gym, just it's the way it goes. The weirdest thing, man. Yeah. And it was devastating anyway, but I said, you know, as I'm rehabbing, I'm like, I'm not squatting less than 405. Like that's like, I worked my way to get above that. And I was like, I'll deload a little bit. Like I'll deload mm-hmm. what I need to, but 405, I am putting 405 on my back. I'm not giving that up. Yeah. And you know, as long as it didn't like hurt, Yeah. you know, like make the injury worse. And the same thing with the deadlift. I'm like, I'm not I'm going to back off because I I haven't lifted in two weeks, but I'm not pulling less than 450. Like, and, and if, even if I get one rep, whatever, I'm not giving that up. Yeah. And I gave it up so many times when I was younger, mm-hmm. so many times. Oh, this is hard. Let me do five, three, one. I'll switch to that program. Oh, the text, you know, like just imagine if you, got to your top, whatever you squatted for your best set of five. And then you just kept going <laughs> <laughs> like what, where we, we'd all be like, yeah, we'd all be, nice. be more jacked, bigger and stronger than we are. But you know, yeah. this is why we can help other people. <laughs> and I would, <laughs> cause like, we made say, all the mistakes. And instead of like D you know, thinking about, okay, I didn't get the, I didn't hit my reps this week at the weight. Like instead of taking weight off the bar, like double down on your recovery efforts, keep the weight the same too. Like you might be able to also kind of placebo yourself into hitting the weight because you prioritize your sleep. You drank less alcohol. You ate the right number of calories, that kind of stuff. It matters. Totally. Yeah. It's yeah. Your head is your biggest enemy. And, and we talked a little bit about this last time I was on here, but it's like, did, and the, one of our guys just posted on Reddit that like, he was, he was a burn victim and 50% of his body was burned and he was, wow. and you know, and he was recovering from that and working in PT. And, and he just had this nurse who would just kept telling him, like, keep telling him, don't quit. Just don't give up. If you don't quit, like not every day is going to be easy, but as long as you don't quit, you're still in the game. And he moved on to get back and then start weightlifting and had a moment where he was stuck at the same weight over and over on the squat. And then it just, he just heard the nurse's voice. Like, Don't wow. quit. And he was wow. like that. He's like, I got it. I, fi- I finally got all the reps. And from that day forward, I was a different guy. That's awesome. Because 
yeah and it's like that's the point of all this stuff it's like the physical whether you do curls or ab work or whatever your paleo or carnivore who cares yeah like it's the thing of like there is there are lessons (laughs) yes there are lessons in here that are available to all of us yeah and they will change you if you if you just you know if i don't care what program you do just live just learn that thing where you don't where you learn how to grind you learn how to push you learn how to do something you don't want to do Mm-hmm. every week in little increments and, and, and you don't take the damn weight off the bar. You figure out a way to, to either st- maintain or go up. Yeah. I love you know? it. And, I- and that goes out to, and then that that's everywhere. That's the rest of your life. All that yeah. mentality of like, I'm not outside the gym. I'm pushing. Yeah. I don't, I don't back off. I, yeah. I push, I push through yep. things. That's so, awesome. Yeah, man, what a gl- what a great place to wrap it up. But before we go, where can people go buy this new book? Uh, so radically simple muscle is available uh, in paperback on Amazon as of yesterday, and um, there's the Kindle version up there. And then on my website, if you guys are not anti Amazon people, which I'm surprising number of people are, <laughs> really, uh, the digital versions are on my website, hornstrength.com. Uh, you just on the menu, radically simple muscle. There are, you can get the PDF, the Kindle version, the, all that stuff directly from me. I don't really care. I just want people to have the information. And for those uh, who have purchased the original version, one that came out a couple months ago, the updated version is free. So you just log into your account and download it. So, okay. Awesome. Anywhere. And, anywhere and you're on that. and tell people where you're at on social media too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your favorite topic. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm on YouTube, uh, hornstrength.com slash, sorry, youtube.com slash hornstrength is, uh, my YouTube channel. Every Friday we do form check Friday, which is like my favorite thing. People post on Reddit. I go through on Friday and just do on the fly form checks. And then I post up the video of me ripping people apart, but it's super fun. So if you want <laughs> it, awesome. that's, if you want your form checked by me, you can go on uh, Reddit. It opens every Wednesday. There's a thread for it. You just post your video. Um, that's the big one. And then Instagram at horn strength, where I post pictures of my dog and <laughs> <laughs> in the mountains. <laughs> yeah. Mountains, it's whatever. Yeah. You know, and then Twitter, I forget it. I'm done. I'm done with X. Like, <laughs> okay. It's so it's the, yeah. I'm not on there it's, either. Oh, I, I just, the I posted a, a thing that I posted on Instagram of this, of ha- this woman who did a fantastic job on our form check Friday. Like, and I had a before and after with her squat. It's like, oh, I remember she's like that. barely getting up, you know, head up, just she had never squatted. And then yeah. she got a real decent squat. It's like flying up. So you see these before and after where she's just struggling with improper form and then smoking her reps. And you put it up on Instagram. Everybody's like, this is great. You put it on Twitter and most people are like, Hey, that's great. And then, and then half the people are like, the before looks better. You're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what's she doing? Or, so leaned over <laughs> or here's what I would have told her. Like, I don't care what like, I didn't ask. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just, the, yeah, it's we need that algorithm there, back that that Elon took away because that thing was, <laughs> at least it showed me things I was interested in. So anyway, yeah. thank you for having me again, man. Yeah, this man, is this always was fun. fun. Hope people enjoy it. Y'all go check out Paul's book and follow him on the social. All right, man. All right. Catch you next time. 
Thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. But real quick, before we go, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Be sure and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Digital Barbell for all of the latest and greatest free content. If you're interested in working with Blakely and I, we'd love to talk. Apply for coaching with the link in the description of this episode or by visiting digitalbarbell.com. We'd love to talk about helping you reach your goals with a training and nutrition program built just for you. Thanks again and have a great day.